the price for our sins and why that actually did have to happen. Um, a passage of scripture that we can open up with uh, to go around this discussion today is in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 2. Scripture says, For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. And so we see that what uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews is telling us here is that every single transgression and disobedience, disobedience being uh, be, uh, disobeying the laws of God, for we said that is what sin is really all about. It is in fact disobeying um, the commandments of God because we can really only sin against God. Um, but the scripture says that every transgression and every disobedience received a just reward. So why is that? Well, the reason is very simple, and that is because God is um, completely holy. He, the Bible says that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. He dwells in unapproachable light. And that's why man, no man has ever seen Him, because He is absolute perfection. And so, with regards to... Um, God's creation, his, his creation has to reflect Him as who He is. For all that God creates is in fact uh, good and perfect. And so what has happened is in this world, that perfection has been lost because of sin. Sin being transgressing the commandments of God. And so God cannot allow any transgression, any disobedience to go unpunished. People, um, um, the carnal mind, the natural mind doesn't quite understand the concept because their viewpoint is, well, you know, God is merciful and He is. Uh, God is able to forgive our sins and He can. Um, so why doesn't God just forgive all of our sins and, you know, we call it quits basically and forget about it and just move on as if nothing ever happened. Well, that does not take into account the holiness of God, the perfection of God. Because even under the Old Co Covenant, when God forgave the Jews their sins, when they uh, offered up blood sacrifice of animals, what in actual fact transpired is that God passed over their sins. So in other words, their sins were not uh, accounted for. Their, their, their transgression and their disobedience had not yet received the just reward. The reason that God could pass over those sins is because He knew that those sins would be placed upon His Son and His Son would therefore pay the price for those sins. And so even when God forgives us our sins, uh, as far as the, the sin is concerned, the sins are forgiven, but those sins still have to be accounted for. They still have to be dealt with. For God is completely, as God is completely merciful, so He is also completely just. And so a just and a righteous God cannot allow transgressions to just be ignored as if they had never happened. For they have happened and they do need to be accounted for. And so it is because of that fact that God had to make a provision for the sin of mankind. Because mankind couldn't pay for their own sins. How is that possible? The sinner cannot pay for his sins. Uh, the sinner can incur the, the penalty of his sin, but the sinner cannot uh, redeem uh, himself to God through whatever, 
through any act of contrition, through any act of penance, nothing like that can ever um, uh, make that sinner right in the eyes of God because imperfection has now uh, occurred and imperfection cannot stand in the presence of perfection. And so God had to deal with it. And so the way that God has dealt with it is that he dealt, it, dealt with it through the sacrifice of his son. Now the sacrifices that we saw under the old covenant of the lambs being slain uh, without spot or blemish and that blood being used to cover the sins of the, of the uh, children of Israel was a type and shadow of our Lord Jesus Christ. It, sp it spoke about the sacrifice that our Lord Jesus would make for the sins of the world. And so um, right from the beginning of creation, God had always planned for his son to make um, atoning sacrifice for the sin of the world. We're not going to get into predestination and all that kind of uh, doctrine today. But the point is, is that God knew that the sin of the world had to be atoned for. And the world could not atone for their own sin. There was no, we had no ability to do that. For once we commit sin, we have become imperfect, and the imperfect cannot restore one to perfection. So the way God overcame it is that he used his own perfection to uh, overcome our imperfection and thus restore us once again to perfection. And the way he did it is through the death of his son. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 says, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And so um, it had to be perfection that could redeem the imperfect, the imperfect uh, creation that had become tainted with sin. And so only perfection could do that. And so it was the perfect spotless Lamb of God uh, and His perfect sinless blood that was used to wash away the sin of the world. And so the way that God did that, if you go back to look at the Old Covenant again, um, the way that God took, uh, passed over the sins of Israel is that they would place their hand on the Lamb. Now that act of placing their hand on the Lamb was a transference of their sin onto that perfect uh, Lamb without a blemish. And then that blood would be used to pass over their sin. And so the way that God had, that was a type and shadow of our Lord Jesus, because the way that God did away with the sin of the world, is that he took the sin of the world and he placed it upon the spotless Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pick that up in 2 Corinthians 5.21. The scripture says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so Christ knew no sin. He was completely sinless. What God did is he took the sin of the whole world and he placed it on his son. And so Jesus Christ became sin for us. How, with what sin? He became sin with our sin. Our sin was placed upon the, the spotless Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason that that happened is so that this outcome could take place that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And so we were sinners, Christ was righteous. Christ took upon Himself our sin, that we can in turn take upon ourselves His 
righteousness. A, trans a, a, a swap took, took place by and large. But it had to happen. It, ca it cannot be that uh, an, a, a perfect God can allow imperfection into his presence. As I say, the natural mind, the carnal mind, doesn't understand that concept at all. Because to them, you know, what's, it's, what's the big deal? It's just sin, God just forgive it. And yeah, it's just pretend it never happened. Well, they have no concept as to the holiness of God, that individual. And you can get some ministers, so-called, uh, who would uh, try and propagate the, the viewpoint that God can just forgive sins and, you know, the, the, the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross was unnecessary. In fact, uh, it wasn't uh, God's intention. God didn't uh, place sin on his son. That's just something that you know, um, we make up. But that's in the word of God. That's not something we make up. And as I say, that is a, a, a natural thinking per person, a carnal thinking person, not understanding the holiness of God, not understanding perfection. They've never been exposed to perfection. If they were exposed to perfection, they would obviously be destroyed instantly because of the, their imperfection. And so imperfection cannot come into the presence of perfection. In him is no darkness at all, the scripture says. And so once we commit sin, we step into darkness. And so we, the way that we can come out of darkness is we need a redeemer. We need somebody to take our place. And that's exactly what our Lord Jesus Christ did. Um, and so what happened? God placed the sin of the world on his son. Now, when God did that, that wasn't the end of it. Jesus, when he went to the cross and he died on the cross, he died for our sins, but he still had to now pay the price for our sins because that was what, what, what Jesus incurred on the cross was not the, uh, the wrath of God for the sin of the world. Jesus still had to incur the wrath of God for those sins. He had to pay the penalty. Every transgression we read and every disobedience had to receive a just reward. And so Jesus had to now uh, descend into the lowest part of the earth, into the pit of hell, and he was down there for three days and three nights. Our Lord said to us that just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And it was at that point that Jesus then paid the price for our sins. He incurred the wrath of God for the sin of the world. Um, because as I said, not only did Jesus have to die for our sins, take upon himself, once he had taken our sin upon him, he now had to pay for those sins. Now he was carrying those sins, he died with those sins, and he had to now go pay the price for each one of those sins. And we pick it up in Psalm 88, verse 6 and 7. Uh, this is our Lord Jesus speaking to God the Father about what was transpiring when he went down into the lowest bits of the earth. The scripture says, you have laid me in the lowest pit. So Jesus went down right to the very lowest pit of health, in darkness, in the depths, your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you have afflicted me with all your waves. And so here our Lord Jesus Christ is describing the wrath of God that he was incurring in the pit of hell for the sin of mankind. And he incurred that wrath for three days and for three nights. Uh, and he 
paid the price for every single sin committed uh, from the time of Adam until the time of the close of the age. Every sin had to be accounted for. Uh, for if that sin was not accounted for, the individual could not then stand in the presence of God because there would still be an imperfection there. And so every single sin had to be accounted for. God, for God is completely just, completely righteous. And so nothing is swept under the rug, so to speak. Everything is accounted for and every uh, um, transgression receives its just reward. Now that's exactly what transpired with our Lord Jesus Christ when he went down into the lowest pits of hell and he paid the price for our sins. Now at that, the end of that time when Jesus had now um, met the, the requirements of the punishment of God for every single transgression that had taken place, this is what happened. Romans chapter 4 verse 25. The scripture says, speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ, who was delivered up for our offenses and was raised because of our justification. And so it was only at that point where every single transgression, every single disobedience committed by mankind throughout the ages had now been um, atoned for, had now been uh, the, the correct penalty incurred for the, that, that particular sin. And when all of it had been justified, everything had been accounted for, God said, okay, now I can raise you from the dead. And Jesus Christ was then raised because of our justification. Because in God's eyes, now every penalty had been accounted for. Every transgression, should I say, had been accounted for. And the uh, appropriate penalty for that transgression had been um, met, had uh, been incurred. And that was incurred by our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what happened is God then raised his son from the dead. Now, our Lord made this comment when he was on the earth. He said that it would be more, it's going to be more tolerable, sorry, on the day of judgment for the, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah than those who hear the gospel preached and rejected. And so when we do a comparative, and Jesus was talking about the, the towns that he preached in at the time, Capernaum and Bethsaida, um, all of the, the towns in Galilee, and even obviously Jerusalem, where our Lord preached the gospel of salvation. Now that concept is applicable to today as well. And so our Lord, because our Lord was saying to uh, the disciples that if anybody rejects you, it's going to be more tolerable uh, for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than those who reject the gospel. So why is that? Because you know we look at a wicked society of Sodom and Gomorrah and they were destroyed because of their wickedness. And an aspect of that society is that they were extremely wicked. They had gotten into bestiality and all sorts of perversion. And so God destroyed them. But we now we look at individuals who hear the gospel preached and reject it out of hand. And our Lord says, on the day of judgment, the people of, the so of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, their uh, wrath that they will incur will be more tolerable than the individual who lived quite a good life but rejected the gospel when they heard it. And so they just continued in their lives. And, you know, they didn't get into bestiality or stuff like, stuff like that. They just lived normal lives. But they heard the gospel preached and they rejected it out of hand and carried on with their lives. 
Our Lord says on their day of judgment, they will incur a greater degree of wrath than the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, why is that? It's because they hear the truth that the spotless Son of God uh, took upon himself their sins, went down into the lowest pit of hell and paid the price for their sins and has offered unto them um, salvation because he paid the price. The person who hears that gospel message preached and says, I'm not interested in that, that means nothing to me. Well, what they are doing is they are rejecting the, the work that the Lord Jesus Christ has done on their behalf in incurring the wrath that they should have incurred. They say they're not interested, they don't believe it. And so God says, well, if you choose not to accept the atonement that my son has paid for your sins, then you will now incur your sins for all eternity, the penalty thereof. And so that's why their uh, day of judgment will be far more uh, intolerable than even those in Sodom and Gomorrah, because those in Sodom and Gomorrah did not hear uh, a message of the gospel preached to them. Nobody went into that city or those cities and say to them, you know, you need to repent because uh, Jesus is going to pay the price for your sins. Nobody told them that. And so that's why there's going to be a greater degree of judgment uh, pronounced on people who hear the gospel and reject it out of hand. Uh, their day of judgment is going to be uh, a very mournful uh, occasion. And so that's really what transpired when Jesus took upon this, himself the sin of the world. He still had to go into the lowest pit of hell and he had to pay the price for our sins and he was down there for three days and three nights. Now he did not pay the eternal uh, price for the eternal sins. There were two eternal sins. One of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. We all know about that. The second one is denying Christ Jesus. Um, and that is the individual who hears the gospel and refuses to accept it. Jesus did not pay for that sin. And so if you go and look at the Gospels, our Lord was very plain that people go to hell not because of their sins. They go there because they reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. They reject him as their savior. And so people go to hell because they reject Jesus. When they're in hell, they will pay the price for the sins that they committed in this life. But they go there because they reject the gospel of Jesus Christ in the first place. Now, when our Lord Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, um, we were now justified in the eyes of God. That's why this could actually take place. In 1 John 3, 5, the scripture says, And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. So Jesus at one point was made to be sin with our sin. He goes down to the lowest pit of hell. He pays the price for our sins. When he was raised from the dead, no longer did he have the sin of the world. Because why? The sin of the world had now been atoned for with his own precious blood. And so Jesus never ever committed any sin of his own. And so when he was raised from the dead, he was raised from the dead righteous. And in him there is no sin. So Jesus no longer has any sin upon him as he did carry on him when he went to the cross and as he carried on him when he went into the lowest pit of hell. Once that sin had all been paid for, he was now raised sinless once again in the presence of God. And this is what he did when he was raised sinless. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. 
The scripture says, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And so because Jesus had now paid the price for the sin of the world, his blood, which was shed for the sin of the world, could now be offered up before God the most, in the most holy place, before a most holy God. And that is the only sacrifice that is able to cleanse mankind from their sins because no other blood is available because our, our blood is tainted with the, with the sin virus that we carry and so it was only the sinless spotless lamb of God his blood that was able to atone for the sin of mankind and that's exactly what transpired the Lord Jesus Christ presented his blood before God the Father as the atoning sacrifice. That sacrifice was accepted by God and has, has obtained for us eternal redemption. And so it is because the, of the spotless blood of the Lamb that has been offered before God that we can now be cleansed from our sins. So not only has Jesus taken upon himself the sin of the world, he took away our sin, not only has he paid the price for our sin, but he has also now enabled us to be cleansed from our sin. How? Through his own precious blood. And that occurs, the, Jesus took the sin of, of the, uh, sorry, his own blood before the, the throne of God for the cleansing of the sin of the world and he obtained eternal redemption. Now that uh, blood was not applied to everybody. That blood is only applied to those who will accept it. And that's why we pick up this account in Scripture in 2 Peter 1, 9, which says, For he, he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. And so it's when we come into the kingdom of God, when we accept the sacrifice of Jesus, we acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord, it is at that point that the blood of Christ then washes us from our sins. And that's why Peter talking about if, if the, the, the saint does not grow in, in spiritual maturity, does not grow uh, in the things of God, then what happens is that they become short-sighted even unto blindness and they forget that they were once washed from their old sin. So when did that happen? That happens when we come into the kingdom. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord, we are at that point washed from all of our old sins. What are those sins? Those are every sin we have committed from the time we came into the earth until the time that we accept Christ Jesus as Lord. The blood of the Lamb is then applied to that individual and their old sins are completely washed away. And those sins are as if they never occurred. Why? Because they are now under the blood of the Lamb. And those sins have been atoned for. Those sins have been paid for already. And so that's why we can, God is then just in proclaiming us to be righteous once again. Because it's as if we have not sinned in God's eyes. And so the moment that the saint is born again, is saved, not only is their spirit completely cleansed from all sin, but their whole spirit, soul, and body is completely cleansed from all sin at that point. 
It's as if they had never sinned. Now it might be that five minutes after they get born again, they will transgress once again and commit a new sin. Now those sins, the way that we, get, uh, we deal with them under the new covenant is 1 John 1.9. 1, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so it's an ongoing cleansing process that takes place there on out. But from that point that we come into the kingdom, or every sin we've committed, no matter what sin it might have been, up until that time is completely done away with, we're washed clean. And so every saint, when they're born again, they stand at that moment in time completely sinless before God Almighty. Now, it can be an hour later, or it can be five minutes later, before they commit their next sin. Because we all do sin, the scripture does teach us that. But in that five minute period or that uh, 60 minute period, they remain sinless before God. And so it is always God's intention, it has always been God's intention, that we don't come into his kingdom, he washes us from all of our old sins, and then we just dive back straight into sin again. It is always God's intention that we stay in that sinless state. That's why Paul asked the question. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And he answers the question by saying, certainly not. And so it is God's intention that once he washes us from our old sins, that we stay in that state of sinlessness. And as, as you, you have a look at the, what the scripture teaches about the fact that we have been freed from sin, uh, it is certainly possible for the saints to walk in that place where they can walk, in fact, free from sin. But the point we wanted to clarify today is that Jesus Christ took upon himself the sin of the whole world. It had to happen. Jesus Christ had to pay the price for the sin of the whole world. Whole world. That also had to happen. Jesus Christ was then raised from the dead because every sin had been accounted for. Because of our justification, the Bible teaches us. He then went into heaven. He took his blood and he offered it before God as the atoning sacrifice for the sin of the world. It was only his blood that could do that. Uh, and so God, that God accepted that sacrifice. And that blood is applied to each individual as and when they come into the kingdom of God. Those who refuse it, they, their blood is never applied. And they die in their sins, Jesus said, and because their sins are not washed away. Their sins can be, but they can only be washed away in this life through the acceptance of the gospel of salvation. And so that is why those who reject the gospel of salvation uh, re reject out of hand all that God has done for them through His Son, Jesus Christ, and therefore they will pay a higher price on their day of judgment than even the, the individuals of the towns of Sodom and Gomorrah. We're going to end the teaching on that point.